And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, David, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. We are back all together again after last week's, uh, well, disjointed. Uh, me and Dave started. David came in. Connor wasn't around because of travel and babies and such. So it's good to have us all back. Um, guys, it's Monday. We had a game last night. We had a game last Wednesday. We'll talk about the Wednesday game just a little bit we'll talk more about last night's game even more in depth um but memorial day is coming up guys uh and uh which is the big kickoff to the summer of course in florida david not so much because what does that mean the temperature goes from 90 to 100 degrees in florida <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it means i haven't been here for one <laughs> yeah yeah um, so uh yeah, yeah i mean it, it's it's great it's that time of the year where everybody kind of heads up to their starts really getting up to their cabins, going outside, enjoying themselves. So, um, And we've got some soccer games coming up this week and weekend, guys, and the weather looks fantastic for them. Um, before we get into beers, I want to mention there's two big stories out of the state of Minnesota, guys, and I'll mention the first one first because it does not have to do with beer. It looks like the um, gambling bill uh, for sports gambling is going to go through and be approved at some point here, probably in the special session um, for the state of Minnesota. And uh, their sticking points now are some just, you know, do we want to let casinos do it? Do we want to let uh, sports books do it? How they're going to figure that out? But it looks like it's going to happen. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, you'll be able to potentially gamble on your phone in the state of Minnesota legally or uh, go to a casino like Mystic Lake, like. Uh, Malax or Hinkley, Treasure Island, and I'll have sports books, I'm sure, and uh, be able to gamble. So, Dave, being you're the big kind of gambler, I used to be. I well, you're still, 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 still sports. I still Dave's still gamble. Sure, sure, gamble. Yeah. How excited yeah. are you that there could be sports books in Minnesota? Well, first of all, I, I, I guess I haven't been paying as close a, as attention as you have. Uh, I, I, cause I thought, you know, the first step, you know, through the, the house was okay, but I thought there were, it hit some bumps recently in the last few days that weren't looking so good. And there, I saw, I saw a couple people commenting that they didn't think it was going to pass. Well, it's, it's, there's, there's some bumps, but they have a special session coming up. So I think there's, they're going to be able to, I think they're gonna be able to like smooth those out a bit. There's a lot of people that want it. So, okay. Um, if well, not this year, it's going to be next year. You know, okay. So. Well, to answer your question, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it only, you know, mainly because, you know, let's go. A lot of other States have already done this, including Iowa to our South. Um, Wisconsin might be in the works, but yeah, they already are. They already have it. You can. Okay. I didn't turtle know turtle Lake has a turtle Lake. Football name. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I just think it's about time we get with our neighbors and uh, you know, there's, I just don't like the idea that you got Minnesotans that, you know, like to gamble. A lot of people like to gamble. That's, that's a fact. And you know, whether you're gambling on a lottery or gambling at a casino, I mean, people are going to gamble and it's a shame that you have to go right now out of state to, to bet on sports if you'd like legally. So yeah, no, I think it's a great thing. Um, it's going to be a source of income for, I don't know, either the States or the tribal, commission or who I don't know stuff out later but um yeah it it just I like like when I say dabble in gambling I still do but I you know it it, even you know as long as you keep it under control it's always kind of cool to throw you know five bucks on a game and especially if you're not the biggest fan it just kind of make the outcome of that outcome of that game a lot more interesting so yeah David is it legal in Florida 
sports uh, gambling. Yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were uh, talking, or as Dave was talking. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, mm. I could pop open my FanDuel uh, account that I uh, made when I went down to Iowa earlier this year and oh, see because it because that's how they do it. They you know GPS fence you and ask you, you sure. know, where are you and sure. what state you're trying to bring in. Not currently. Wow. No. Nope. Yeah, I do not see. That was the th- that that was the question I had because I don't see Wisconsin uh, on the list of states that are. Well, maybe available. I so, think Wisconsin might have done the uh, casino one instead. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have to physically be in a casino yeah. to make a bet. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Iowa, whereas Iowa, you don't need to be like Iowa. I could be in my hotel room or just as long as you're across the state line, you can use yeah. your mobile, and which is great. So yeah. Yeah. Florida's a bit funky actually. So uh, it was sanctioned, legally sanctioned in 2021. Um, and then the compact between the Seminole tribe and the state was challenged at the federal level in December. And now it's in limbo. Oh, shitty. Okay. So, like, oh, yeah, so well, that affects how you can how you can gamble on the Bally streaming service when that comes out then or is that still a thing or well the Bally streaming service I, I that's where they're going to go to Connor but I think they're going to have to get more states to open up before they even attempt to do it that way I mean that's yeah. I think that's their big pipe dream is to do it you know nationwide but we'll see if that happens yeah. yeah, it's exciting though. It's just another way to 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 lose your money. So yeah, pretty much. See, I always wanted to bet on. I'd, I'd like when when I lived in London, you could bet on sports all the time. There were like the betting oh. outlets everywhere that you yeah. could go to, and it was. I mean, I had once had a chance to to place a bet on a World Cup third place game to guess the score, and I would have won probably like a thousand pounds, but I chose not to place it, and I guessed no. it right, and that no. was. I, think I, I always as, regretted that. As long as we're talking about sports betting real quick, I, something that ties into that in the soccer world, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I briefly saw, I think, something on ESPN, actually. They had a little story about a lady in England, I believe, who had the opportunity to win a lot of money the uh, Liver- betting on the quadruple. The Liverpool yeah. quadruple, yeah, I, I did see that, and they offered her a bunch of cash outs, too. By the time, you know, because, of course, you know, we aren't going to recap those games, but, you know, at, at one point on, on Sunday, uh, Man City was losing – by two goals i think liverpool at the time was still tied 1-1 but her buyout the the casino that she bet through or the the app or whatever i don't know exactly the ins and outs of how it works but basically bottom line is her the bet you know the betting service that she placed that bet through was offering her i think upwards of one hundred twenty thousand dollars us jesus close to like a hundred thousand pounds at one point it was like 80 it was like eighty thousand pounds or something like that and uh, it was like 20 minutes left in championship Sunday or something like that. And it happened so, cause it happened so quickly. I mean, Manchester city, I actually watched the second half of that game in its entirety. And yeah, it happened in a blink of an eye. You look down. I mean, I think they scored the three goals within five minutes yep. to take the lead and then ultimately win and take the uh, <coughs> championship EPL uh, title. So yeah, there's quite wow. a dramatic end to that uh, season. Plus uh she kept describing herself as having nerves of steel by not taking the cash outs because they were they, mm-hmm. that cash out kept on rising. Well, as it, Man- Manchester City was losing and Liverpool was tied, and Liverpool ended up winning their game. Yeah, uh, but obviously, so did Man City. And then, just like I mean, you could have walked away with over hundreds of thousands of, of pounds. And, yep. and I. But she was yeah. like, no, we, they're going to win it all. They're going to win all four. And come it, on. It's so tough. I could kind of see if she made it like if it's hard to say what you would have or could have or should have done. But, oh, well, we know what she should have done. But, I mean, I think if, if it was me, I'd be definitely 
high, the, my pressure, the pressure on me would have been before those games even started on Sunday, I would have maybe taken a lower dollar amount, but then, you know, to her credit, it started out looking pretty good for her, but then, yeah, yeah it was just a blink of an eye. It all evaporated. So that's mm-hmm. a shame for her. Yeah. But. Yep. Oh, in, hey, who knows? Maybe next year, two years, we can kind of have that kind of fun watching sure. an, an MLS Sunday. Maybe two years from now, Minnesota's going to win the domestic treble. No, I'm just going to call it right now. I don't know about that. That's just that's wishful thinking, Connor. Um, <laughs> drinking beer right now. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something much stronger. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, after gambling, we have another big story to talk about, which is brings us into our normal conversation up at the top of the podcast. It's we're going to talk about our, our craft beers we're drinking. Uh, of course, three from Minnesota, one from Florida. And I'm going to start because the big news story, guys, is the fact the free the growler thing has passed. We will uh, the big uh, big breweries, in Minnesota. That's Castle Danger. That's uh, Surly Fulton Summit. I believe I think. Paddle might have been on there too, but there were five or six that could not sell growlers because they basically produced too much beer in a year. So now they have raised that cap up substantially. So now every brewery in Minnesota can offer growlers. Uh, also, breweries can offer six packs and I think it was six packs and four packs of canned beer in That's a brewery, awesome. which is great. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting day. We're finally. Uh, Kind of with every other state, the only thing that didn't pass was the three-two beer that we still can get in your local gas station, and I think we're the only state in the country that yes. still has three-two beer we are. at gas stations. Yeah. So we are the only. I can confirm that. I mean, Colorado was one of the latest ones to finally mm-hmm. adopt that, but yeah, now we are alone, <laughs> which is hilarious. But. And to uh, guys to celebrate the uh, free the growler. I am drinking a Castle Danger uh, Aurora Haze, which is their uh, New England style IPA, 6.9%. So uh, hats off to them. It's a good beer. I'm not going to say much about it because I'm just excited that they can sell growlers now and everybody is happy and in uh, beer land. So hats mm-hmm. off to all of them. Uh, let's go with you, David. What are you uh, drinking from the land of Florida tonight? Uh, well, first... I wanted to ask, uh, does this bill allow the breweries to sell kegs? I don't know. I think that's the new thing now. Like in Colorado, they could do it when I lived there in Florida, they can, uh, breweries can sell directly to consumer, um, for kegs. Um, but I mean, otherwise Minnesota seems to be right on par with everything else. Yeah. I don't know if the keg thing is actually, I think the distributors probably were against that wholeheartedly. Um, because they're, you know, they were against growler sales. I mean, they hate that. They hate the fact that you can actually go to a local brewery and pick up uh, 64 ounces of a beer and not go through a middleman. Well, now that they can do this four packs and six packs. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, and (laughs) what they have to understand, the, the, the shelves in liquor stores are so clustered with Minnesota craft brews now it is very tough for some of these smaller ones to even get on a liquor store shelf. Right. So yeah. letting them do a four or six pack out of their brewery helps out a lot because maybe you don't want to buy a whole growler of something. Maybe you just want to buy a four pack, you know? Right. So hats off to them. Uh, so David, what do you got from Florida tonight? 
Uh, so I revisited Palm City Brewing. I think I, I checked back. I believe it was episode 113 was the last time they were. I had these guys on. Um, I did not deviate too far from where I was that episode. It's another, and well, what you even said, um, it's a hazy pale, uh, New England style, obviously. Um, this one is called the Space Taxi. And it's... Um, they're they're very basic cans here in Florida. Just a good old silver can with a yeah. hand stamped label. Um, this is uh, double dry hopped Galaxy Ijaka and Cashmere hops. Uh, it's incredibly smooth. Um, very little IBU. I mean, the IBU has to be very low. They don't say what it is. Um, it's there's literally no bitterness to it at all um very tropical um refreshing the killer part of this is it's only four and a half percent alcohol wow uh, so this oh, is wow. yeah, this is like a just tamarum um really good so if you guys want any if you guys have any orders uh in in a month um and you have the ability to take them back <laughs> um or just want to down them over the weekend i'm gonna yeah. say that's that sounds yeah, like a we'll, good we'll idea be there for a few days yeah. i think we'll be yeah. all right oh so, yeah. um palm city i i even mentioned i believe i mentioned this uh the first time i had them on um they specialize in ipas especially hazies right uh, and, and so i've never had a hazy i've had all their hazies now and i've never had one that hasn't been good wow Fantastic. There we go. Um, good beers from Florida. Uh, let's see. Connor, how about you? What are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm branching out tonight, guys. As uh, you all know, I'm a very big IPA fan. But today, I went with an Imperial Stout from one of, from one of our favorites, uh, Lupulin, up in Big Lake. And it's called the Campfire Munchies um, mm. Imperial Stout. Uh, it's an imperial stout with cacao, marshmallow, graham crackers, and vanilla oh, uh, ale with natural mm. flavors added. Mm. Um, it's so strong but delicious. Mm. Um, uh, it's, I mean, I don't think I could have more than one of these in a night. Uh, How strong is it? Nine percent. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. I'll- I was gonna say the, all that flavor profile that you mentioned, uh, like a s'more or whatever, that yeah. must mask that must mask some of that strength, though. Right. Yeah, it it's. Uh, I mean, the the taste definitely covers up some of that alcohol uh, essence to it, but um, but yeah, it, I can definitely. God, God, it's it's such a strong taste too, though. Not just with uh, how how strong the alcohol is in the beer, but the taste was a little bit overwhelming as well. Uh, it's it's delicious, but again, I could only have maybe one of these in a night. It's insanely strong in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's from Lupulin up in Big Lake, one of our favorites. Nice. All right. Dave, what do you got drinking going on for drinking tonight? Well, yeah, we'll, I'll take a hard left and kind of switch gears a little bit because I'm, I'm drinking a beer that you could probably have six or seven of them in a given night. Um, I, I went with... Uh, a familiar brewery to us as well, Head Flyer Brewing, much more local um, in Minneapolis, uh, more or less Northeast Minnesota, Minneapolis, I should say, more or less. Uh, I went with their uh, 
Babe, the blueberry lager. So of course we've all had beers from Head Flyer, but I have not had this particular one. It kind of jumped out at me in the store. It's a nice, cool looking can with um, Babe, the blue ox, I guess on it. It's a blue can. Um, but yeah, I feel like I haven't had a lager in a while on the show. So I wanted to kind of switch gears in that way too. And because I've, you know, I've kind of gotten on the IPA train as well myself and the hazies, but uh, this is just a, a really, really smooth drinking lager. And yeah, it's definitely got a blueberry flavor to it. And it's got a nice little color to it, like a reddish purplish hue that you might expect from a blueberry. But uh, yeah, it comes, it's only 4.8% uh, alcohol. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just incredibly smooth. And I think that blueberry, without being overwhelming, just ad actually adds to that smoothness of the lager. And it just, it goes down very, very fast. I've already, since we've been on, I've almost had a full full one. So wow. oh, I wow. guess that's that's uh, my two thumbs up on this beer because it's going down so easy and tastes delicious. So. Nice. Well, um, guys, I, I will say that I will be drinking one other thing in this podcast. I will drink it later. Uh, I don't want to uh, get crazy with it right now. Uh, and I will, I'll tell you exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a pretty much a little bit of a, I said a retrospective, if you will, of the different flavors of this beer. Well, it's not really a beer. Is it? It's alcohol. I don't even know what you call it, but we'll a talk malt about beverage, it. malt beverage, malt beverage. So a right. little bit of a review retrospective of all of them. Cause I had all of them over the weekend and uh, yeah. You'll be interested to hear what I have to say about that. So let's talk just briefly, guys, about Wednesday's game. That was the Galaxy. Um, the Loons uh, was in town here, correct? Yeah. In town game. Yep. yep. Connor, uh, you were there, weren't you? I was Connor, there. Yep. Connor was there. Uh, I will say before we before we start the game, guys, I, I will mention that we did predict this. Me, Dave, and David predicted our, our scores for that game. Uh, Dave, you had them winning two to nil. Uh, David, you had them losing two to one, and I had them with a one to one draw. So I'm the big winner All right. for Wednesday's game. Congrats, Tony. So uh, yeah, off the snide, I mean, they're coming into that game and like the what, uh, with three losses and three losses in a row, MLS, yeah. you know, league heading yeah. into that game. So <clears throat> it was, uh, yeah, I don't know, but you know, I'm glad you got the prediction right, Tony, I sure. guess, to get, get off the snide, get a point out of a, a game. It's still, yeah. It still felt a little disappointing um, given all the chances that they had in that game. You know, I was at home. I know, I mean, LA Galaxy is in pretty good form have, and they have been all year, but it, 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 the way that game progressed, you know, it's, it, it was like a broken record for the most part, um, but they had a lot of quality chances in that one. Well, uh, let's briefly just touch on the starting lineup because the starting lineup will come into play in the game from last night. Uh, they went with Lude up top, uh, Fragapane, Ray, and Bongi uh, back in the midfield there, the upper attacking midfield. Uh, he had Ariaga and Trap in the mid, and he had Lawrence, Debassi, Boxel, and DJ Taylor yeah. so that's in the defense. His, that was the big, uh, you know, if we're talking about just the lineup, that was the big one. He's getting his first start of the year. Yep. Um, at, at right back in, in yep. this game. And that was nice to see. I know he spent time with the, the deuce or the doble or whatever you want to call them. The balloons. I like doubloons. the I like the deuce better. Yeah, it's, it rolls off the tongue a little easier. Yep. I think that's why I always deuce. lean towards it, but mm -hmm. it's nice to see his hard work paying off. Obviously, yep. you know, he's, he, you know, with the second club, he's putting his work 
obviously, you know, having good training sessions, it's obvious because he earned his right start that his first start, I should say, because, you know, when O'Neill Fisher had been playing admirably, he'd been playing pretty well. What's his name? O'Neill Fisher, MLS veteran. Yeah, thank you. There you yeah. go. I mean, so to to see that uh, you know he because Fisher had been getting the majority of the starts. If you look back over the last well, at least you know, well yep. for the majority of the season, let's say. And so yeah, I mean, obviously Taylor uh, did something to earn a, earn the start, you know. And it, so we shall see. But I mean, obviously he ended up being playing a very important part of that game against LA Galaxy. So. Uh- well, he. And uh, I think that that was the weird. And then the other thing about that lineup was remember when the lineup came out? Didn't they have Tabasi on the left and Frankopani on the right? And we're like, oh, what's going on? Maybe they're trying something. Yeah, different. they had everything flipped off. Yeah. yeah. And it, that, again, it's our our social media people. Not maybe that's who Adrian was talking about. I think <laughs> at this point, though, David, I think they're just kind of fucking with us. <laughs> they might be. I think they are. <laughs> I mean, I think after like a couple of times they did it, and then after a while they're like, "Let's just fuck with them every time we do it. Let's just do it." I, I, um, I, I yeah, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it later. It just seems like I've been seeing a lot of complaints about uh, the yeah. social media team from Minnesota. Well, let's United. talk about the big moment from that game was Robin Lud with the goal. Um, I think was the DJ Taylor assist on that. Yeah, that's why I brought him up, kind of hinting at it. But yeah, it was it was his assist. It was a great mm-hmm. you know ball in, if I can mm-hmm. remember right, from the right side, yep. of course. You know, t- Taylor coming down the wing, you know, and gets it in, finds yep. finds that. Of course, was that was a huge goal. It was late in the game. What was that? Uh, what was the minute? I don't have it in front of me. Eighty seventh. Eighty seventh yep. minute, and that was crucial because I know just before that, I believe it was Michael Boxall handball in the box it was, led, yeah. led to a LA galaxy penalty kick. Yes. And I think, gosh, they've given up a few penalty. I think, was that the fourth of the year that Minnesota has allowed as far as PKs? Uh, it's something it's, it's, it's up there. And I, maybe there was a couple earlier in the year, like very earlier in the year, because I believe that PK was the first one that Dane St. Clair had allowed in MLS league play. Yeah, it had, yeah. Uh, he had saved all four before then, I think. Yep. So I think it was the fifth that they had given up this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, anyway, so that's, and that was relatively late in the game too. I mean, because at that point, Minnesota had 17 shots, eight were eight though, were on target. It was a game where, you know, we had been criticizing the team. Everybody had been criticizing the team lately for, you know, not being able to finish in the final third, but this game felt a little differently. There, there were some significantly quality chances. And I know, Eh, they were quality. They were well. Right I mean, that's like- yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I keep wanting to say James Bond. I keep wanting to say James Bond, but it's <laughs> was it John Bond? I believe. Uh, yeah, I think he, that's the name. he. He literally was on his head for a couple of those saves, though. Yeah, literally. he was. Um, he made a couple of nice saves. I maybe I just I am laser focused on a couple of the opportunities that were were good. Yeah, there was one for sure nice save because I have it noted in the sixty second minute. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't recall another one, but that doesn't, I mean, but there were, I get, there were a couple of them where he was point blank with an attacker and he made a couple good saves, but um, I mean that I think John Bond only deserves some of the credit for um, I, keeping the ball out of the net there. The rest completely goes to Minnesota. Minnesota's attacking for squandering those chances. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. It, Cause it was, it, it was, but it was okay. It, then it's a broken record. Um, you're at home, 
you know, with chance after chance, you know, they had a number, I guess they didn't have an insane amount of chances, but plenty of chances you're at home, you know, and it's the same old thing. Can't finish in the final third. And then late in the game to give up the PK, unfortunately, um, you're just, now you're feeling completely deflated. That was in the 83rd minute that, you know, you don't have much time left. So I guess if there's the, the silver lining is, you know, it's an exciting finish to a game to at least get a result when all of us are probably thinking, Oh, here we go again. We're going to, we're going to lose what the fourth game in a row at home, you're not, not four in a row at home, but your fourth game overall in a row, another one at home, you know, and difficult loss, but so but it's, it's again, it's par for the course for this team. But, you know, uh, I think to Dave's point, though, there is a silver lining in this. Usually, for the most of the season, it's been lots of shots, and that's that. Now, this game, it was lots of shots actually at least getting to the goalkeeper. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's at least a – I mean, if you want to call it a silver lining, at least they're putting them on frame. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was getting at, the eight on frame. The eight on target, yeah. I mean, there's still – it, I mean, most of them are still poor quality, but they're at least on frame, which is better than not. Right. Still, exactly. a, still a draw at home. I mean, right. it's kind of, a, you know, whatever. It's a wet blanket normally, but geez, coming off of three losses, I mean, at least it was a point. And so it's a points better than what they had done for basically the last month prior. And let's also, yeah, shout out to Lude on his goal. That was his 21st. So that tied a record along with uh, for Minnesota in the MLS uh, with, uh, let's see if I can rattle them off. You got uh, Christian Ramirez, of course, with 21, Darwin Quintero, and Molino? Who Did Molino have 21? Uh, might have. No. I, uh, don't recall. I just remember Darwin and Christian. Yeah. That's what I thought. Could be right. Though. Well, everybody remembers Christian because, heaven forbid, Lude gets up to a record that Christian had, and everybody comes out of the woodwork saying, oh, remember Christian Ramirez? We had this guy. He was great. But, but Yeah, okay. Um, so it did not, this draw did not placate the, uh, Twitter people, social media people. Uh, we'll talk about that. He's response in a little bit to the last game, but so guys, we go into this match against, uh, a a really good Dallas team. I mean, offensively fantastic team, uh, on, uh, last night. And you have to think that. One, one, one draw at home, not great. Going to Dallas, Dallas is, you know, pretty good. The only thing we had going for us was the weather. Uh, David pointed out uh, it was only 72 degrees there and there was no humidity. So that could not be an excuse for us looking like shit during this game. Keith yeah, could not come, Keith could not come out at the end of the game and go, well, the guys were tired. You know, there's heat. Down. Nope, couldn't do it. I mean, that was like, Beautiful weather for Dallas. Yeah. And you oh, could yeah. tell you could tell it was beautiful because they actually had a bunch of fans in the stands. Right. Uh, which was amazing. Um, so head down to Dallas, guys. Our lineup for the first time in 12 games is exactly the same. Right. That it was yeah, from the previous that was which the, was crazy. That was the that was a big story. Yeah, to crazy. not have that not have the no same change. lineup through the first 12 games. No you know, and I actually when I saw that. Well, sorry, when you pointed it out and I saw your, your text, I actually, for a moment, a fleeting moment, thought, ooh, I may have misjudged how we were going to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it was all of a sudden, it's like there's continuity here. There's mm-hmm. We're finally, you know, we didn't, you know, as, as Dave pointed out, 
um, against LA, there was, there was positives in the attack. Um, and so I thought, Oh, this, you know, maybe we're going to come out of the gates and we're actually going to play a really, really good match in Dallas. Alas. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause it, the, yeah. But it's the only- it's cause it, it's weird. And the other, I mean, I know people, a lot of people, including myself, um, after that you touched on it, Tone, but yeah, that people weren't exactly optimistic. And I say people, I just, you know, generalization there, but yeah, I mean, it's a place where you, I guess you look at it a couple different ways. It's we, we all know about the, the woes that this team has had in Texas in general, but then just knowing that Minnesota has never won a game yeah. at, you know, in Dallas at Toyota yeah, Stadium. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so there's that. So it just, there's, there wasn't a lot of optimism going into this game. Unfortunately, I think that was part of the problem. And then well, maybe seeing that same lineup was like, okay, that's something to hang your hat on. The only the, the, the thing that kind of threw me was, Minnesota, yeah, they haven't won a game at Toyota Stadium ever in their MLS existence. And but they in their last six, they were they hadn't lost to Dallas in their last six overall. Yeah. They're, I think yeah, throw right. two, yep. yeah, which is that's true. A um, couple draws down there and a lot and wins up here. So right. uh, the only big other kind of minor thing, guys, was that uh Tyler Miller was not on the bench for this game. He injured himself in I think practice or something. Down in Dallas. So Eric Dick was the uh, backup goalie for the game. Um, I think he's been the third guy on the bench for a couple games, but this is the first time he was the first guy off the bench for goalkeeping, which usually doesn't matter because how often do goalkeepers go off, but could have been interesting. So, I mean, they could have been Vancouver. Exactly right. Could have been Vancouver. That's right. Whatever happened out of that, but I don't know. um, You know, I've always thought it's weird that we had three goalkeepers on the roster um, yeah. until Vancouver ended up having both their goalkeepers go down with coat. Well, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if, I mean, if we're talking about Vancouver ended up losing at Columbus two one. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know what happened with their goalkeeper situation? I didn't, I, did I didn't follow. I didn't do very well. I'm sorry. I screwed up. I blow those two goals. I'm sorry. Well, you know, oh. at least you got minutes. Yeah, I did. I'm actually on the American team now at goalkeeper. I'm going to be called at the World Cup. Zach oh, crazy. Is going to be mad. Yeah. I know, dude. Yeah. It's true. Uh, but no, but no uh, let's get into the game, guys, because uh, how could I put it? The first, I don't know, 15 minutes was uh, uninspiring. Very uninspiring. Uh, not really, way. you know, a lot of feeling out, a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, – don't know what the heck we're doing offensively uh, again. Uh, I've seen I, I've seen some people on the, uh, the social media saying that people complaining about tactics and whatever. And uh, I want to say to those people, uh, yeah, because we have no tactics. <laughs> I don't see what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. You know, I just don't see it. Uh, if Adrian Heath come out and show me on a little chart, maybe maybe like you like draw it up and be like, here's what we want to do. And I could be like, well, you're not doing that. Or this doesn't fucking work. Uh, you know, maybe that. But don't see it. And 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 again, if you watch these games constantly like we do, you will see that there is 
nothing to it. I mean, there's no like it's chaos. Yeah. There's no like you sometimes you expect them like come up there and hold the ball. Well, they don't hold the ball. They try to go here, 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 and they miss it. Then they come back and you're like, oh, you go for a chance. And then they hold the ball. It's like, pick what you want to freaking do here. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah, I well, you know, before we even leave that point, I think my notes week in, week out, not all the time, but most of the time, has the word disjointed. Mm-hmm. Erratic. Yep. Or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of another word, but those two specifically, because I actually put them in this note mm-hmm. in the notes for this match. Um, it's usually how it is. Like it's it, I would say 80% of the matches, it ends up being those words best described, especially the first 15, 20 minutes, or yeah. they'll have a, a brief moment to start and then they'll fall into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a broken record. Yeah. I, I just want to say there was one point in this game, I don't know when it was, maybe it's probably later, where Bongi made a run and there were some good passes to Bongi making a run. And I was like, this is what we need to see more of. This is the type of runs that Bongi made there. I was like, let's do more of this. You know, yeah. let's get more into space and get guys moving in between guys and, and, and doing that. I just that's so that's yeah. so true. You never see anybody making the run into the final third. Then no. you just see them standing around, which is mm-hmm. not something you see any other team do. No. Yeah. The, <coughs> no, excuse me. The attacking. Uh, you, we, we used to have that. We used to have Molino making the run into the area with Reynoso pl- playing that pass. Yep. And uh, now it's just like ever. I mean, I was thinking about this mm-hmm. during the game. Ever since we lost Molino, we had just never been the same. Um, we haven't had that attacking edge that Reynoso has been able to play off of, or, uh, uh, the, just the sense of urgency that any other team might have. It's just very, very boring to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're a hundred, I a hundred percent agree with you, Connor. And I think, I think you nailed it with the Molino because when Molino was out there with Reynoso and Lude and even, you know, Finley at times there was a lot that the distribution, the passing, the crossovers, it, it was, it seemed very creative and very smooth flowing. We just don't have that. And I don't know, part of that might be, you know, you know, Robin Lude, even though he's, you know, been on a tear recently, you know, it's not, I don't think it's his preferred style to be your typical nine, you know, sitting in between the two center backs. It just isn't. That's not his style. That's so that's not the game they're going to play. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that we're talking about this because this goes all the way back to why we got rid of Christian Ramirez. Um, The whole reason we got rid of Christian Ramirez was because Adrian Heath did not feel that Christian could be that hold up forward. And the whole point of that position was that you get, you receive the ball, you hold the entire play and allow your wingers to go around you. And that is the way we tried to play up until somebody realized that we could not find a forward that could play like that. Mm-hmm. And then came Molino, Reynoso, Lud, Finley, and it, all of it changed because those four guys could not play like that. And then as soon as Molino and fin- now Finley are gone, now we're going back to that exact same situation. This is exactly what you see every single attack. The ball gets up forward. Whoever it is that's up top receives it. They hold the whole thing up. 
mm-hmm. and they wait for everybody to come back. Well, guess what's happening when you wait for everybody to come back? Well, the defense gets back. And yep. then you're forcing your forwards to make these runs. And I mean, plain and simple, I, you know, I think Lud is decent at making these runs. He's, he's done quite well. Um, in fact, the third minute he had that, he had that run that split the, almost split the CBs. Lawrence made the cross. He just couldn't mm-hmm. bring it down. Yep. Well enough to get the shot off. I mean, that's, that worked, but that's exactly what happened. Like that brief moment when Molino was around and it, he was playing with Ray and Lud, that was that fluid. You, the players just weren't built for it. And so we were playing the way Adrian Heath didn't want us to play, but that was the beauty of it working. That was the best we'd played yeah. all ever since well, we made it. And it's a shame. Same place. And it's a shame. I mean, you know, it's, it was mutually beneficial for this club and Molino because I don't, I mean, since he left, we went to um, Columbus, right? I mean, it's yeah. been crickets from him. I mean, he hasn't, well, he's, hurt. he's hurt now, but he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't have the minutes last year either. So, right. well, there's a reason we gave him up. The injury problem was the reason, uh, well, but yeah. let's uh, let's move on, guys. Let's let's talk about this upcoming goal because it's interesting. Now, how is this? I don't remember how this is set up. There was a foul. It was right outside the know, box. Little, um, yeah, a little ways out. Little ways out. This is this was in the uh, Renee also. It was in the twenty eighth minute, something like that. Twenty. It was just after nineteen. Okay, just after nineteen minutes. Yeah. Okay. So Ray comes in to uh, take the uh, free kick. Well, just outside the box. They set up the wall, and you've got uh, Pommy. Was it Pomical? Pomical. Pomical. He's laying down behind behind the wall. Like which all of a sudden, I I guess. Yeah, you see, you see people doing that. Yeah, Yeah. I wouldn't want to be that person. Yeah, commenting on the broadcast, which is which is crazy. It's like okay, at least he's not. He's laying with his ass towards Ray. He's not laying the other way, which is good. He's he's smart that way. I I Um, remember. Yeah, and I remember thinking when I you do because like you said, you do see that these days, David. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I remember thinking like, well, what what's the point? What's the point of that? I mean, I you don't see Reynoso trying to go through the wall but normally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is a strange um there aren't a lot of free kicks that go on the ground, and especially if they're scouting Ray. I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever seen him do a ground yeah. shot. But it could be because when they Sometimes these guys will jump up right as the ball is kicked and you can skirt it as a reaction. Yep. And which is exactly what happened. They jumped up. Now it's crazy. They had, I'm trying trying to see it here, but it was like the third and fourth guys on the wall at the left. They jumped up and they jumped to the opposite directions. Mm -hmm. Just enough for Ray to get a A shot through there, a window, if you will. You're right, David, a window. Uh, the goalie goes to make a, a, a save, and of course he, he doesn't get his hands on it. He, he makes a save, doesn't get his hands on it though. And Robin Lude is right there to put the ball in the back of the net. Pieces. Yep, there it is, right there, guys. There's your first goal of the game. Uh, we're up one and nil in Dallas. It's very exciting. We're all it cheering. I, I, hooray! Hooray! It was yeah, well, yeah. Especially after that, we talked about the first fifteen minutes. It was just fantastic to see. You know, mm-hmm. anytime you get a lead on the road is great, but especially the way the game started out. Uh, David pointed out a chance or two, but yeah, just I didn't have. I wasn't too inspired by that start, but that was huge. And so there it is, number twenty-two. He is now Minnesota's 
all-time leading goal scorer. In MLS uh, that is play. Cool. In MLS, MLS play. play, I'm sorry. Yeah. There, yeah, there was something. I wish I could credit that person, but uh, real quick, I just saw something earlier today, I believe, on Twitter that somebody made the comment that that goal, his 22nd goal, was very similar to his first goal that he scored mm-hmm. in San Jose back in 2020. So, I do remember that. I think that was right off of a, a Luis Samari penalty Missed. Kick, missed PK. Missed yes, it. Yes. Yeah. But again, and he yeah. got the, the rebound just like he did this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, and it, uh, we're, while we're still talking about Robin Lewis and his 22nd goal, I, I wanted to throw in something that I forgot about earlier prior to this game, starting midweek towards the end of the week. I think I, I like the fact how Robin Lude, you guys probably saw this. Robin Lude came out, you know, and made a statement. I don't know if it's in, a, I think it was an interview, uh, but it was like posted online, but how he was not, he was critical of, you know, not only of the team, but he was critical of himself, you know, and the yeah. team saying, you know, how are we supposed to feel good about this when we've had all basically these quality chances? I think he called mm-hmm. them paraphrasing, but, yeah. you know, he was critical of himself, you know, for not having maybe three, three, four goals in that game against the LA Galaxy. So I, I did kind of like to see that self accountability, yeah. you know, and nice yeah, breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, uh, we're up one nil. But unfortunately, I think uh, Garber came by and said, I, we don't want this Loons team to do well the rest of this game because we, we like to keep the Loons down, which which goes into the whole like 31st through 33rd minute where the refs, either they got the, the, the bat phone came in from Garber and said, hey, let's get some yellow out there or what? I don't know. But uh Boxer got called for a yellow card for a bad foul. He is now out for this week's upcoming game against uh, NYFC. Accumulation, Uh, yeah. Due to accumulation. And Uh, that one was like, I don't know, I think we had different opinions, at least David and I. I, At one point, I thought that maybe that was a necessary foul. I mean, it was clearly my, mm -hmm. I think it was clearly a yellow card in that particular card. Yeah, it was. Deserved the yellow I almost thought when I first saw it that maybe, you know, it was a necessary foul too. I don't, you might but, be able to argue that, but I, I, um, you know, I still argue that it's not. Um, I mean, is what it is at this we'll, point. We, we'll never know. I mean, the foul was called and that yeah. was that, but so it, it may not have been, but then it didn't then. So well, that one I think is a deserved yellow, Tony. I know where you're going with it. But then the, the the floodgates opened up, really. Yes, they really did. Because uh, somehow uh, Ariaga was chirping with the ref back and forth, and then he gets shown the yellow card for just chirping with the ref. Yeah, which... and the, the ref literally holds up his hand and does the talking. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. After he yeah. gets yellow, and I'm like, you literally just gave a guy a yellow because he's, he's jawing at you. Who well, cares? I remember now we, we laughed about this because our old uh, – our old player, uh, what's his nuts? The uh, defender, uh, Calvo. Remember, he yeah. just got a yellow uh, before a game where he was uh, doing some training on the sides yeah. and got a yellow before he was even on the pitch. So we've seen this happen before. I will say this. Uh, I think soccer refs are probably the most uh, thin-skinned refs in all sports, although I will say yeah. it's close between them MLB ref, or MLB umpires and NBA refs because MLB umpires are pretty thin skinned. Yeah. Uh, NBA can be that way. And I want to mention guys, um, this is 
this has been my problem with Ray. Uh, the same thing that Ariaga did is that you keep chirping at refs and I get it. You shouldn't get a yellow card for it and it, whatever, but you keep doing that. You get a reputation around the league. Okay. And then refs will not make calls for you. They will stop. You know, if you get tripped up or whatever, they'll be like, well, uh, yeah, didn't see that. Whatever. You won't, you'll stop getting the warnings. Stop and getting those warnings. Straight to the car. Right. And it's, a, it's the same thing that, Carl Anthony Towns ran into this year with refs in the NBA. Uh, he chirped way too much and he wasn't getting the calls that normal big men do uh, on the block. And uh, it was detrimental to him. So you, you got to watch, you know, what you're doing uh, with these refs. I, I think I, I agree to a, to a point. Right. I mean, if, if they're being disrespectful, yeah. Thing, but I mean, it looked like that entire sequence started out because Ariaga felt like the ref missed something because he, he was did. he was gesturing to the referee like, you know, look, look at what's going on, you know, yeah. and he was, he was clearly uh, upset about something. And that's something completely different. If a player is is jawing at you because they feel aggrieved. It's yeah. it'd be your responsibility as a referee to at least calm the situation down yeah. and right. maybe even have a discussion. Right. I don't well, think that it should lead to a card. And that's right. Yeah. you're right, David. Yeah. You're right. That those are the situations where you call the guy over, you have a chat with him, and you say, Look, I see what you're saying. We'll look into it, but I don't want to hear it from you anymore today. All right. And you give him a little bit of warning. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. You don't just pull the whole you're chirping at me. Here's a freaking yellow card for your for your effort. Right. That's ridiculous. That's hugely unethical. Yeah, it's, yeah, hugely. And, he, um, and he, showed, he showed a card, you know, two minutes earlier to Boxel. You know, and that one may have been deserved. But then, you know, then Tony, like you said, the floodgates open. And I don't mind. You know, sometimes referees need to get a game back under control when it's especially chippy, or you know, you got a lot of you know chippiness between the two teams on the pitch. But that's this different, though. Yeah, that's, chippy, what though. That's, well, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can understand in a game that gets chippy and a lot of aggression between the two clubs on the pitch, but this was not, that was not the case. And no. he just started going crazy. Right. And let's mention then wrapping that one up. Ariaga is also out next or this Saturday because of accumulation. Right. So yeah. Back to back so, in the span of two minutes, less than two minutes, you get Foxel so, and Ariaga out so next Saturday's match. The, the big thing, it's not only the fact they're out next match. Now you've got to worry for the rest of the game about these two players getting another yellow card and then getting ejected, getting yeah. thrown out of the game. So now you got to worry about that and in the 33rd minute. And then on top of that, right away, Fragapane gets a yellow card for a bad that was It was Reynoso, wasn't it? No, that was Franco. Franco. Was it Franco? Yeah. Oh. So now you got three yellow cards in the span of two minutes against well, the Loons. I was going to ask this. Um, the MLS app, actually shows that Franco's yellow card came before Ariaga, but I could have sworn it came after. It That's came what afterwards. I thought. I thought it came like a couple minutes after. It came afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking in the timeline and yeah, they show they're they're both at 33rd minute. Yeah. Um but Ariaga's is listed first. And then just I mean we can talk we Reynoso did get a yellow but that was in the second half, late in the second half. That was um, not even a yellow card. Okay. And that we should talk about because that has I actually said Ray should have gotten a red card because he was jawing and being outrageously disrespectful to the fourth official. 
And that was where I wanted to bring that up because I can draw a contrast between what Ariaga was doing and what Ray was doing. And it Ray, I don't even know what the hell he was going on about. I mean, he, he fouled the guy, whether it was a yellow or not, what, whatever, but he's just like going, I mean, he's going directly at the fourth official, like making hand gestures and, and, and yelling at him and throwing his hands up in the air. I mean, I totally think deserve a yellow there. Learn your lesson. Well, I mean, so technically he got the yellow for the foul, what you're saying is he very well could have gotten another yellow. But, but yeah, just, did, you, just yeah. Yeah. did you see? Did given you see? What, given if Ariaga was given a foul, a yellow for what he was doing, Ray yeah. should. But I, but I think that did you? I, I I have a feeling. Did you see what Ray did at the end of that though? He kind of went okay, you know, whatever. I mean, he jawed for a while, but he said okay, whatever. I think what happened was that fourth official actually said to Ray, "Hey, look, you got to stop, otherwise I'm." Put in a car. I think he gave Ray a warning, Whoa. and then Ray said, "Okay, I'm off." Did you see Adrian Heath? Yeah, yeah, he, Ray too. Yeah, I mean yeah. Heath was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, so I think there was a lot involved in Ray. Yeah. Back. Yeah. As, as long as we're talking about yellow cards, so that that was the fourth. You know, if we're talking about Ray. I know we're jumping around, but Ray was the fourth yellow card. Do you uh, remember who got the fifth of you know the final of the fifth yellow card for Minnesota? That was uh, Dane St. Clair. Yeah, and what yeah, was, that? was right, here's was, here's what happened. Yeah, here, no, here's what happened, guys. Here's he, what happened. Yeah, it was with the ball. And no, it was no. The ball went off to the side, right? Yeah. So Dane was going to go run after it, or he started to, and the ref called him for time waste. Yeah, which is stupid. which is just stupid. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. give me a fucking break. There's a, there are a lot of keepers that wouldn't do anything yeah. to go and run after the ball. Well, I think the key the, the ref was like, Well, we're gonna give you a ball, so don't run after it. And Dane was like, I'm gonna run after it. And he's like, Nope, that's time wasting. Here, yellow card. That's just that's just okay. dumb. Yeah. This is still pro referees that are doing it, right? Yeah, right? well, yeah, exactly. So we're not yeah. talking about like minor league stuff. So, anywho, guys, let's get back on track here. First half still, we do make it out of this first half up one to nil. Which, which is, is crucial, which is what's well, yeah. crucial, crucial because numerous times in the past, we scored a goal and given up a goal right away, especially before halftime. Well, and you know why they, they didn't? Because you didn't say anything. Oh, yes. yeah, there you go. You they didn't right. jinx it. You're right. I didn't jinx it this time. You kept um, quiet and it- yeah, I kept quiet about it. Uh, I will say about the first half, guys, we did not mention this. The turf was shit. Okay, mm-hmm. right. and then we found out later on during the broadcast that they had a concert the night before. Yeah. So that made the turf even fucking worse. Guys were sliding over the place, and I think I mentioned that somebody was going to get injured in this game because numerous times, guys, I know Ray went down on a on a play that he had the ball, and then he just kind of went to make a move, and he just went whoop, flopped over. I saw Dane go down on a couple of uh, uh, goal kicks that he had. Uh, we saw numerous guys falling down on this turf and yeah, I noticed, um, that, noticed i noticed that early in the game and maybe that was part of the problem that they were having in the first 15 20 minutes of the game or so that was all game though. It was yeah it, it really was. I, re, I recall after no well, was really jumping ahead but after Anne maria came in he also had a possession we mm-hmm. lost i believe we lost possession because mm-hmm. he slipped as he was right to, yep. and i was at the ball or something 
Let me tell you, David, I didn't want to say it on text. I was waiting, waiting for either Loons or Dallas to score based on somebody sliding on this turf and turf to become an issue for the winner of this game. And yeah, I, I'm curious because I'm, I want to ask you guys a question then, because I definitely noticed, and again, I'm probably much more focused on Minnesota United than, than Dallas in this game. But I mean, do you, did you notice it affecting Dallas as well? Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. Yeah. I could only, I, I kept, That's I, didn't, I don't think I noticed it as much, but I yeah. see there were some Dallas slips and slides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There were some Dallas. But yeah. I'm, I'm with you, David. I, I definitely noticed Minnesota more. Yeah. So, guys, we come out of the half and uh, Dallas kind of goes on a little bit of a, a run. I mean, they, they had some attempts in the first couple Ooh, minutes. First minute. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That was, it was, uh, it was getting close there, uh, let me tell you. But our saving grace, guys, the man of the week, his name, DJ Taylor. Yep. He's a new superstar for the Loons. Not superstar, but rising star for okay. the Loons. Uh, scores a goal in the 55th minute. Just a nice shot. I think it was outside the box. It was. Well, yeah, it was. It was off. A, was. It was off, off a corner, a corner kick, kick. Yeah, raised corner kick, and we we've yep. seen this before. Not by Taylor, but we've seen this before. Um, where it was just, I mean, he just happened to be in the right spot. It, it bounced outside of the box. It wasn't tremendously outside of the box, but I mean, he was in the right spot. You know, as you'd expect from your right back, and uh, it was. Just, but I don't know. Better off to be lucky sometimes. I mean, it was a half volley. You know, yeah, off with the pace. Yeah. yeah. But and, how many times, it, you know, just, how sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, I was real quick. I was just saying, I mean, I, it seemed there it seemed like there was a bit of luck involved, but I mean he struck that well, struck put it on target, went through traffic, it seemed like, and got it, you know, got past the goal. Yeah. All how skill. many times have you seen this kind of situation where you'll have a corner kick going into the box and it'll be headed out mm-hmm. or be played out and nobody will be there to back it up for Minnesota? Numerous times. It's always been a problem. So excellent positioning. By DJ Taylor outside the box to yeah. not just contain it, but I mean it's it's an ambitious shot that went into the, went into the net. So credit to DJ Taylor for taking the shot, uh, but at the very least he's containing the the attack to the box. So well done to DJ Taylor for great positioning and where many and others with Minnesota have failed in that at that he, point. You know, it's it's kind of redemption because how many how many corner kicks or any type of uh, set piece have we been defending and this shit happens to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for once the secondary ball fell in our favor and our, we had a player playing it perfectly and he took advantage of it and we yeah. benefited yeah. off of it. And, so, and he struck it. He struck it just beautifully again, the half volley. And, and I think, and it clearly, clearly caught the goalkeeper by surprise. And so, yeah. so Taylor for putting it on target, you know, and just catching the goalkeeper completely off guard because at the very least, it, if he didn't, if he wasn't blocked or blinded from that shot, he he was late to react. And so that was yep. just wonderful right. to see. And especially, you know, we touched on it coming off of his assist, you know, assist in Wednesday night's game against the Galaxy, then to follow that up with a second straight start and then to get his, you know, first goal for this club is, was really awesome. And to see. Uh, icing on the cake for him. Uh, got into the uh, it got into the uh, well the bench for the, team, uh, of the week. team of the week. So, 
Uh, congrats to DJ Taylor for all he did this week. Uh, hopefully there's more to come. Uh, quickly before we move on, guys, DJ Taylor, I think he's kind of, if not, he's penciled himself into this lineup. But uh, Roman Metnair is on his way back from his injury. We will see how that plays out in the next couple games. It'll be interesting to see if Adrian decides to go back to his old I love Romaine, or if he says DJ is the wave of the future and continues with that. What so, do you guys think? I, I mean, you got to do the, you got to do the, you, you got to go with hot hand. You, yeah, you it, can't it's regress a, back. You can't. It's, it's a meritocracy. You know, Again. right now, Taylor deserves a spot just based on these last two games. We'll see. Um, he deserves it. Yeah, it, I think it really is interesting. We'll but yeah, I think it, it's at this point it's hard to take him out of the lineup. Now maybe he's yeah. on a shorter leash. Because the interesting thing is we've seen flashes from DJ Taylor before since he was drafted. Sure. Um, you know, good and bad. So I mean, he might be on a shorter leash. Um, but you know, I think with that said, I mean, I think he's a young player, right? I mean, he played. I I want to say seven or eight games last season. Or like played in seven or eight yeah. last season. <laughs> Uh, so you're you're talking about a guy that you also have to think maybe he's on a short leash but he also needs you need to be given a minute if if he's playing well you need to say this guy's playing well he needs to keep getting minutes because in all likelihood his his trajectory is going up and up and up Which, the moment you take minutes away from him that could destroy the development but he's gotten a lot of minutes with the Deuce. Yeah. He has gotten, which is good. Uh, he's got a lot of minutes with M. I mean, that is a good thing to have. Which is a good thing to have. I love seeing that. I love the fact that, yeah, he spent, obviously, the majority of the first, what, 11 games, you know, playing for MNUFC2. And he clearly did enough to warrant his, you know, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it promotion, but into the first squad. And he's made the most of it in those two games. That's so awesome to see. Yep. Which I mean, it's fortunate that we have him and then UFC two as well, because when you when you think about the last few times that Ramon Metinier has played for Minnesota, um, he's always he's gone off with the injury. He went off in the playoffs last year and then he came back and then went off again with another injury after after a yeah. preseason game. So, um, he has become uh, as of recently an injury po- injury prone player. So yeah. maybe um like I, I, I'm with you guys. I think uh, you give DJ Taylor the, ch- well, the chance to prove himself, but you well, give Roman Metinier some playing time with, right. uh, with the 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 Dunes or the, the whatever we're calling Dublins. Right the Dublins. We'll go with Deuce. But yeah, I was just kind of thanks for saying that because that's a great point. And I, 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 I that that's what I would do if I was in you know if making the calls. So that's exactly what I would do. Give him you know see if he truly has his legs underneath him, Metinier. That is. You yes. know, and can play significant amount of minutes with with the deuce and get him back up to full full speed, full shape before you put him in a game. You so, know, uh, first call. off of all the DJ Taylor love, we have to bring ourselves back down to earth because uh, like four minutes later, guys, the uh, Dallas team comes back and uh, Paul Ariola yeah, scores a goal, nice little banger. What a strike that was! Nice strike from outside the box there. Uh, and there's no way that DSC was going to get he's, to that. Nope. He's no, been known no to do that before. That. No, he's been doing that. You know, not, he's doing it this year with Dallas. Was it with with uh, DC United last year? 
right? Yes. As, um, yeah. And yeah, no, I mean, he's a national level player. Um, yep. He kind of, exp- that that happens. And I believe that was his fourth straight game that he scored. And I think, yep. is, if I remember right. So, yep. I'm with that. yeah, he's, but, uh, yeah. It, it was a it, it kind of sucked because I, I I don't know about you guys but I when when Taylor made it two nil in the fifty fifth minute I was like game I was ready to you know call it call it over but it wasn't that much longer nope. and totally, you know like you talk about the goals after scoring goals mm-hmm. that happened and now it's two one and now you're and it's bad. Dallas it's Dallas they've scored a lot of goals this year you know you can't you can't expect to leave Dallas without giving up a goal or two. Um, and this is when things kind of go, I don't know, the, the substitutions, you get Amria in for Lud, which is, oh, I guess. Okay. Well, I was excited because he got to play with the attacking midfield that mm. was making Lud look good. And then it immediately, immediately we stopped that. Yeah, we were done with we were done well, I like your I like your comment. I think David is your comment. I was like, so if you're gonna bring in, you know, Armaria, you know, and 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 a lot of everybody wanted to see him still, you know, still push for that third goal that you might end up needing. That, that was uh, no, it was not that was not the case. And that three was minutes. a little frustrating to see. Heath let that last for three minutes. He said, No, nah, I've seen enough. Let's let's go. Let's we're done. And let's, he went into his shell and yep, Damati Rosales. Yeah, shell. Yep. We, we generally give up goals in our defensive shell yeah that's true and you were you were right when you texted uh dave it's rare but uh but it does happen where we where it works out for us mm-hmm. and this happened to be one of yeah. the games where it was lucky to work out mm-hmm. for us it was and, a lot of chances yep. um guys we uh, calman comes in here towards the end for ray uh dallas is you know on the push on the push on the push we're not making a push because we're like david said we're in that shell uh, then the issue, of course, at the end of this game, guys, was they gave us seven minutes of stoppage time, which is crazy, uh, which just fuels that whole, I think we're going to freaking come out of here with a draw or a loss. Fortunately, guys, we did come out of here with a victory. We were good to go. Um, like I said, did I mention that uh, in this game, guys, we we all picked losers. Mm-hmm. Um, David had a three to one loss to Dallas. I had a two to one loss to Dallas, and Dave had the big four to two loss to Dallas. Oof. So we were all wrong, which which yeah. is fine. It's fine. No, and, and like I said, I mean, fine. it's it's tough. That's what we t- we touched mm-hmm. on. It's like you know they they had mm-hmm. lost three in a row prior to getting a point against the Galaxy at home, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I, I we weren't that optimistic last week after three straight losses, <laughs> especially in a place where they've never won. So yeah, a historic win for Minnesota and. and at Dallas, so yeah, it was. And it, you know, it, it's one of those situations where this was such an ugly win anyway. I mean, yeah. you know, we, I, I wanted to see how bad we actually were because I, if you guys remember, I texted you, and and I said, and I made a comment about Lud not really touching the ball, um, for being non-existent or something, and I checked. And sure enough, he had 19 touches the entire match. Crazy. He touched 19 times. Um, and it, compared to the night before, or compared to Wednesday, he had half the touches he had against LA Galaxy. Now, to be fair, he came out in, what, the 63rd minute or something like that? Um, so I 
I converted that to touch per 90 and he was still well below. Um, I think he was 27 touches per 90. Um, so like Lud really was non-existent after his goal. He didn't really do a whole lot. Um, LA Galaxy, we had a hundred and if I can read my writing, 182 touches in the attacking third and 37 in the penalty box. Um, against FC Dallas, we had 105 touches in the attacking third and only eight inside the box. Hmm. I mean, we were terrible in this game, aside from our passing, which we started the second half passing over 80%. We ended at 73%. Um, we never broke 35% possession. Um, the vast majority of our passes were backwards. Um I mean, this was a really bad game. Uh, and, and, you know, W's are W's, right? We, we don't care in the end. We got three points. We moved kind of slightly up the table. Yep. And in the end, it doesn't really matter. But you're not going to win like this all the time. You can't. Right. No, and it, and it, I don't it, care if we finish fourth or third playing this way you are not making a run through the playoffs like this no. and it, it might you know the win the three points helps in the standings but uh i mean then that's what you're getting at the wins a win your three right. points are three points you're not going to help out in the power rankings i don't really care about the power rankings yeah. i care about the standings but uh every win of of you know what it Every single game is important, but, you know, you get to certain points in the season and, and it, it, certain games feel more important than others. And this, I think this qualifies as one of those. I know it didn't after the rest of the results of, on the weekend, it didn't, you know, it, it's, they're still under the playoff line, but if you, I like going back, you know, and looking at the standings after a win and, and, and thinking about what would have looked like if they had, you know, lost say, you know, you know and what's it, surprising is, this didn't really affect Dallas either. Uh, this game was no. a game. Um, Dallas pretty much stayed the same. We pretty much stayed the same. We moved up a spot. Yep. I mean, it was really yeah. just kind of whatever. Yeah, but that's what I meant. I mean, but I like to play the game where, you know, what if? What if they had gotten, you know, no points out of this and you're sitting, you know, with 15 points and you look at how tight that, you know, the standings are in that 18, 19, 20 point range. And it's, it, it's a big win, but again, I hate, I hate saying that because they're all, they're all big well, guys. Hey, listen, your point about tightness of the table. Yeah. You know, there are three teams right now, uh, mm -hmm. Minnesota, Colorado, and Houston, mm -hmm. all at 18 points, all at, um, let's see, five wins, five losses, three draws. Yep. Um, Minnesota and uh, Colorado have a goal difference of one, and Houston has a goal difference of three. I mean, they're basically three teams that are identical, and they're look at how many goals they've scored and how many goals against too. It's still the same. Yeah, it's, a, it's incredible. It's really yeah. incredible, and that's that's a testament to how tight this tight this uh, conference really is. is. Yep, and I mean, it's been that way for years. And I mean, I don't think going into this, we didn't expect it to be any difference. I, it's credit to MLS and the, and the league as a whole to see this kind of competition from top to bottom. It's, it's Parity. great. Parity. Yeah, I love I, I mean, it's it's it can be frustrating if once you get towards the end of the season, you're battling for that playoff spot. But I mean, look mm -hmm. at even, even 14th place Vancouver is sitting on, what, 11 points? 11 yep. points. 
So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see that just, well, yeah, I mean, there's, you, no, there's no easy games in the West, especially on the road. If, if you think about it, Vancouver could win a game and they could be in 11th. Yeah. Sorry. 12th. And they could oh. be above the champions league winners. I mean, that's yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy how, how tight this league can be. Um, guys, before we move to a short break here, I just want to mention that uh, Adrian Heath's had some comments uh, to Andy Greeter uh, today or yeah, during training today or whatever it was. I think you guys saw it on Twitter. I texted you guys. A lot of people saw it on Twitter. Uh, Adrian Heath was asked if road win against Dallas is best result of the season. He had an answer on nonsense. People write about loons and added, it's outside noise that starts getting louder. All these social media idiots who want to put things in and write about stuff. So obviously Adrian has seen some social media posts uh, about uh, the loons. And, Dude, we can uh, just say it. He listens to us. He probably does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can I just say it, how classless that comment is? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty classless. I, I mean, I try to like the guy, but seriously, he is kind of acting like a piece of shit. I mean, yeah. to- it, it is, it is classic because it, it's such a cliche. I mean, like, first of all, you're going to, that, that's something you tell your squad, you tell your team, you know, don't pay attention to outside noise. Just come in every day and work and work and work. Right. And, you know, but you don't need to say that to a media member or, you know, and clearly wants to take a jab at the fans at us, right. you know, yeah. I, I, it's just not needed. You t- yeah. That's something you say to your team, not, not a, a reporter. And I think it, I, I told somebody on uh, on Twitter that I think um, it, it shows that he's feeling the heat. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. if, if he's allowing social, like I assume by social media, I assume Twitter. Mm-hmm. If he's allowing people on Twitter to have hot takes and criticism mm-hmm. of him get to him to the point that he makes statements like that to the media, you know that they're getting to other people in the organization and he's feeling pressure clearly well clearly and, because yeah. he didn't he didn't even answer the question did he i mean was it the biggest you know win of the year i would argue yes like i was touching on earlier but he didn't even answer that he went he took his opportunity to take a jab at essentially fans that's what he was doing but it's not but it, the funny thing is it's like, guys it's you know, just, yeah because nobody in nobody in mls media even talks about us so it but, couldn't be yeah them. but the funny right. the funny thing is if you go on social media right now on twitter there is a there's a small amount of people who are very, how can I put it? They're very Heath out, right? Right. But that's not your whole fan base. No. You know, there are plenty of people. It might be the loudest in, part of the They're fan the base loudest. Yeah. yeah. They're the loudest part, but there are plenty of people who are not on social media who come to your games, who watch your games on TV, who don't give a shit. They just want to see you win. They're not making, they're not upset about, the win against Dallas, uh, like some people are, uh, he's 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 pointing at the wrong people. Yeah, and that yeah. and that's why I, I brought it up. Uh, like it was unfortunate that this comment happened, but I was impressed by Robin Lude's comments where he was basically being critical of the team and himself, right? In particularly, and then a few days later, you have Heath coming out and saying, "Oh, you idiots on social media don't don't know what you're talking about." You know, it's like, well. All we're saying, all we're commenting on the fact that, you know, you're coming off of a four game winless streak mm-hmm. here in the, you know, in the early parts of a season. 
and it's we just are, like if you just we, think about how many other coaches around the mls too they, they take heat from social media every day and yeah he's not alone. none of them are given them given these given people on twitter or facebook or wherever uh they're not giving those comments the light of day as well they shouldn't yeah, yeah, I don't. An easier, and even even if you want to make a comment about it, why can't you come out and say, "Yeah, I, I expect more from this club." You know, four games winless prior to this match in Dallas. You know, why can't you just say, "Yeah, I expect more from our players. I expect more from myself and this coaching staff." You know, we need results. It's a result-driven business, plain and simple. It always will be. Yeah, you know? I, I think what's crazier is the fact that, you know a lot of the criticism is really warranted. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even, I mean, it's sure some, there are, there's a tiny amount of those heat out people who are just like flat out. I mean, well, he, I'm pretty sure there was a, a yeah. there was definitely, yeah, sorry, David. Uh, there was definitely a heat out movement when they were making their run towards the Western conference yeah. finals back in 2020. It's I, always existed. Yeah. And it's always going to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport, what team, but the fact is, is the vast majority, I mean, like 98.9% of them are making valid criticisms of what's happening. Right. And the fact that the coach even feels the need to comment at all is, as we've already said, is just completely absurd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, a, it's, it's like, it's like Jose Mourinho to the, epitome of jose Mourinho. i mean almost yeah you're yeah. petty and just dumb i mean yeah. i i just and that, don't and it, the problem is though is jose Mourinho is actually good at what he does i mean it, jose Mourinho can be petty and kind of an asshole because he's got stuff to back him up i mean adrian heath doesn't have that i mean yeah. i just think it was and, classless and absurd that he even made the comment and you've got to worry about the way that Adrian Heath responded the way that rubs off on his players as well, which I'm sure explains some of the reason why they haven't been playing up to their potential lately. Um, If they don't feel that confidence from their coach, or if they feel like, Hey, this coach has got a feels like he needs to justify himself to uh, all these fans that are giving him shit on, on social media, they they're not going to think very highly of the coach. And so they're not going to, they're going to lose respect and they're going to lose motivation to play well. Um, I agree. Which, yeah. It's just, it's very unprofessional of Adrian Heath and that's so, putting it very politely. I think yeah. we're going to break guys. One last comment from me. Uh, we are allowed to be critical of a team of a coach because we spend money to buy your product to go to your games, to purchase your beer at your stadium. Mm. Uh, we're allowed to do that. That is part of yeah. being a fan. So, yeah. Adrian, you're preaching to like 5% of the fan base. It's not a big deal. Get the fuck over it. Um, guys, when we come back from break, we're going to do just a quick round the horn, get some predictions about the game against Omaha on Wednesday and the game against NYFC on Saturday. Uh, maybe some quick history and just one brief, not even funny story. It's a historic story at the end of the pod. And then uh, also when we come back, I will do a brief rundown of the uh, drink I'm going to have after this break. So we'll be back in just one minute. 
And we are back. Short little break. Um, guys, I did mention that I'd be drinking something else during this podcast. It is true. I took the, I took the trip down the old rabbit hole. I picked up a 12-pack of oh. the uh, Hard Mountain Dew over Ooh, the weekend, wow. guys. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I almost, yeah. I almost hate to admit that I still drink an occasional Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, but I do. I so that I am very... I'm very curious to. Ha- I haven't tried the hard Mountain Dew yet, but I'm curious well, to see how it, what you think of it. Let me tell have you. Have you guys tried? No, the, let me ask the you. Purple Thunder yet? No. Purple no. No. But let purple me ask you this, Tony. Are you? Do you, would you normally drink a Mountain Dew? Uh, a regular okay. Mountain Dew. I now know. I drink uh, or diet diet Mountain Dew. Whatever. I drink Game Fuel, which is from Mountain Dew. Mm. Um, it is their energy drink uh, for gamers by gamers. I'm not probably not by gamers, but for gamers. Um, and that's fine with me. I drink that in the morning. That's kind of my go-to, except for coffee. You know, that gets me going. Uh, Are you a coffee drinker? I guess we should. Uh, not really. Occasionally I'll drink some coffee, but uh Mountain Dew I used to drink uh back in the day, like when I was in uh working at my old job, because they had free Mountain Dew all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I will say this. This is a I think it's going to be a fan because I had my first drink. I I drank all four flavors over the weekend, not at the same time. Uh, They have a mountain, they have Mountain Dew classic, which is just a Mountain Dew flavor. They have a black cherry. They have a watermelon and they have a Baja blast. Which seems like, is that, that I I don't think I've ever had Baja blast Mountain Dew, but that isn't that a flavor or at least used to be a flavor. It is a flavor. It is a flavor. It's It's from, uh, it was made for Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as a former Taco Bell guy, I used to have a lot of Baja blast. Uh, So yeah, I will. I'm drinking right now the regular Mountain Dew. I've had this before. It tastes just like Mountain Dew with a little bit of alcohol in it. Now, it's sugar-free. Uh, it is, uh, what did I say, guys? Aspartame and sucralose, some sort of combo. Yeah, it's to get, blend. The what's blend the, to get sweet. Cal- what's the calorie content? I mean, 100, it's sugar-free. 100 calories. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. 5% alcohol. Uh, it says right on the top, too. It says 21, 21 plus contains alcohol. 21 plus contains alcohol. It makes it very clear that this is a Mountain Dew with alcohol in it because it the kids... It sounds like an old mm. can of Four loco. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, it's, yeah. So here's, here, here's my take on it. Like like I, I admitted to liking to drink Mountain Dew occasionally mm-hmm. nowadays, Diet Mountain Dew, but I do occasionally drink it. But the thing I find interesting because like the reason, like I like beer, I and but I like, I liked, you know, especially in the last five years, let's say, I really like drinking, um, you know, uh, carbonated water basically yeah yeah sparkling water yeah i mean i have i mean i've drank it for years but never really started liking until what bubble i say until that started when that started getting popular i kind of went all in i i own a what do you call it soda stream so i can make my own at home so i like drinking sparkling water but the thing is i don't like drinking hard seltzers because i don't want to associate I, my enjoyment of the mm-hmm. like you know seltzer or, or sparkling water with alcohol content like i yeah. i want to switch gears when i'm drinking alcohol and have say like a beer and so, that, I, that's the way i feel the same way about i haven't tried it yet but i, I think i'd feel the same way about the mountain dew where i'd rather yeah. just have a beer. well and and again there's the carbonation level in this is not of course like your typical mountain dew so it's a little bit more flat 
Uh, so you got that going for you. I will say the Mountain Dew flavor and the Baja, ba- Baja Blast flavors are the best. Uh, black cherry is mm, okay. Hmm. Watermelon sucks ass. I really? Mean, yeah, that's that's like the worst. See, I, that, I remember that when a few years ago I went to a music festival with my my girlfriend, who is now my wife, um, and a couple of other friends of ours, and they had a, a few different uh, monsters that they were handing out just for free out there, and watermelon was by far the best flavor. Now again. There. Probably because there wasn't alcohol in it. I think the watermelon with the alcohol, I think it just totally, it's too that, sweet. It's, 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 it's got a weird aftertaste to it. It's that's same a with fair point. black cherries got this weird aftertaste to it too. It's like uh, not something I would drink uh, all it's, I mean, I might have one, but that's about it. Also guys, this shit, you can have one, one. And after one, I'm like, I don't want to drink any more of it because <laughs> it just tastes like it, it. Well, it's like flat pop. Is it because it's just not satisfying or is it because it's you, you get a little too tipsy? Off of it? I, no, I think it's because it kind of makes it gives you a little bit like what David is saying. It's kind of the stomach thing. It's kind of like it's too yeah. there's sweetness to it. You know, you're used to drinking beer. You know, it's just not a you know, maybe the kids like it. I don't know. Um, but they shared a shitload of it at my local liquor store for 18 bucks for a 12 pack. Uh, my theory is this is going to be a one or two year fad and then they will stop making it. The only other cool thing about this is guys, it's brewed by Boston beer company, which is Sam Adams. It's brewed by Sam Adams. Mm. Yeah. That's collaboration with, uh, Mountain Dew's new, uh, or I don't who owns Mountain Dew, but, their alcohol division now um so they are brewing it with boston beer company and uh yeah that's under the pepsi uh yeah Yeah. Yeah. again cool kind of niche thing to kind of try out for once not something i'd buy ever again but there you go Hmm. yeah so now you guys don't have to try it if you don't want to well, I, I I'd like to try one. I don't know if I'll buy a twelve pack, but well, I'd definitely at the very least to try one. For Dave, sure. I'm sure there'll be plenty left over when you come here next time for a barbecue. All right, because I won't be drinking these like <laughs> all all the time here. So, um, guys, let's do round round the table, round the horn here. Let's talk about the next two games. Let's do predictions. We have a game coming up here: U.S. Open Cup match against Omaha. Uh, here at Allianz Field, Connor, are you going to be there? I will not. I'm afraid. Mm, I'm um, I will be out in uh, Victoria for the Ooh. night. Um, but um, uh, I mean, I wish I was there. I, I love it when Minnesota faces these uh, lower league teams. Yeah. Like I was, I was there for the game against New Mexico United a few years ago. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. They had a great contingent of fans coming up to see mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, uh, do you want me to just go ahead and make my prediction right now? No, go ahead, Connor. Um, so I'll, I'm going to predict an MNUFC win. Mm-hmm. Um, 4-0. 4-0. Wow. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, Minnesota is just too strong at home for non-MLS teams. Mm-hmm. And I think they're. I think that's going to work to them, work to their advantage, and they're going right. to do. Uh, I think 
I think they're just, I think they're going to slaughter him. All right. Yeah. Uh, David, what about you? Um, I, I'm not, I'm confident we'll win. I'm not super confident we're going to do well. Um, I, I think I'm going 3 1. Victory. There, Although, yeah. one thing I just realized is that Union Omaha did beat Chicago Fire in Chicago. So, they did. But I'll stay with my prediction. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll go next. I think this is going to be a very uh, decisive victory. I'm going to say uh, 3-0 on this one. Dave, what about you? I'll, I'm close to you, Tony, and, and I mean, kind of for that matter. I'll go, I'll go, I think I'll go 3-1. Def, I definitely believe they're going to win, and uh, 3-1 is my prediction for that one. A couple things I saw again. I wish I, I, in the future, I need to credit these people, and I will, hopefully, if I remember. But I saw an interesting post that, that noticed somebody noted that uh, for MNUFC two over the weekend, Devin Paddleford and Tani yes. Aluase was not available, was not on the squad. So yep. there's a good, good, obviously a good probability that they will be in the game on uh, Wednesday night. So heavy, ro- pretty heavy rotation from, the, you know, granted the last two matches in MLS have been the same lineup. This one will not be obviously. And then also I didn't really, and then I wonder, you know, we've seen Tyler Miller in goal. However, he is not, if he was injured, that could be a potential issue. Maybe we'll see Eric Dick. Um, but yeah, so that's why I'll, I'll give them a goal, Omaha. But I think Minnesota will win decisively three-one. All right, guys. Out of the U.S. Open Cup, we go back to MLS regular season. We have NYFC here next Saturday night. Uh, let's start with Dave. Prediction for next Saturday night. All right. Well, I'm going to go with an, the the best scoreline in soccer, two-one. I'm going to predict a 2-1 loss at home for Minnesota United. Now, I'm doing that a little in large part, just to be clear, in large part, I'm just, just knowing that, say, I predicted, you know, Minnesota lose against Dallas and they won. You know, I feel like when I predict them to win, they lose or draw. So I am going to predict a loss at home to the current uh, MLS champions, NYCFC. You know, to give it some extra oomph, you should place a bet on that score. I should. No, then they no. then they'd win for sure. No. If, if I bet on NYC FC to win, they would definitely they would <laughs> definitely lose. <laughs> no, Maybe. don't no betting, Dave. No bet. Don't All bet right. on your All own right. team. Don't do All right. It's a bad mistake. Exactly. Uh, I'll go next here, guys. I think this is going to be go crazy on this. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one-nil victory. I think we're gonna we're shut out NYFC. We're gonna get one goal, and I think Bongi's gonna get the goal. Holy cow! Oh. All of South Africa is gonna explode with fireworks and jubilation after Bongi scores the goal and we win this game. So I'm gonna say one nil, Loons victory. All, All those will, will, will are gonna come nuts. right back out. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's the way it works. Uh, David, what about you? I'm struggling on this one. I think it's gonna be a loss. Um, I I can't decide if I want a three one or two one. Uh, I I just you know part of me wants to say three nil. Um, I mean 
New York City has allowed fewer goal, just one fewer goal than we've scored total. <laughs> um, I just don't think we're going to score a goal. Uh, I, I, God, I, I've got to, I've got to make choice. Three one loss. Okay. All right, Connor. Gonna, you, you know, mi- oh, Connor. Sorry. So, for this game, I've. Um, yes, it is true. New York City has uh, has had a very good uh, defense and goal. They've also had a very high scoring offense. They've scored. They have a plus fourteen goal difference on the year, um, scoring twenty four goals and only allowing ten. So this is, I mean, this is tough for me too. But I'm going to go out on a limb and predict a one one draw. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, that'd I be mean, interesting. I mean, against I mean, it's not done well on the road. So no, no, no. if if you I mean I guess if you the class of opponents in LA Galaxy and NY NYCFC if if they could come out with two one one draws, I guess you wouldn't be crying about that. Interesting, I think the last time, and I could be wrong again about this, but I I do remember, was it the last time that they were in NYCFC? Last time they were in Minnesota, was that for the opener back in like the opener opener? Back uh in yes. 20, yes, it is. Um yeah. 2019 2019 yeah the allianz yeah. field open which was a 3-3 draw if i remember right, right. Cra- yeah. crazy times i was very drunk <laughs> very drunk for that game. i remember good, being good, there good. as there was a lot of snow on the ground there was some snow yeah did a podcast before and after that damn play yeah that i oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah, that yeah. So go times. back and listen to that one just for good, good times before Ooh. before the game that would be a good idea you know, yeah, I don't think I ever listened to that podcast. Either. I, I, I can't remember if I did. If if I did listen to it, it was like the day or two after mm. we published it. We so I can't remember. Maybe we did an after game. Right, NYFC fans, and I'm pretty I sure. I'm pretty sure I had to take the the reins for a lot of that after pod. Oh. There was just too much going on. Not too even. much commotion. Not that even. That's good, that's fun. Good times. That. Good times. Good times. Uh, so, Connor, dealer's choice. You want to do some history? Or do you want to do your questions again? Uh, let's see. I'm, I think I'm. I'm going to stick with history. I think this time yeah, here, I've, I've got a couple of good ones here. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I do have a couple of good ones here. Uh, so we're gonna. Today is May 23rd, so I'm going to go back a week to May 16th, uh, 1999, when the Thunder win one nil at the San Francisco Bay Seals. All right. I think that's a new one. Well, it might be a new one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of cool. There's a lot of different names you could name San Francisco. Seals is one of them. Yep. So. Seals is pretty good. I've been down to the to the docks down at uh, San Francisco, and there you can see a lot of seals down there. There you go. Uh, let's see. Which one should I do here? Well, Okay, we'll do May 18th, 1977, when the Kicks win 3-1 at Team Hawaii. Oh, Team Hawaii. It was at Team Hawaii. So, Great times. Yeah, they got to go to Hawaii long, to play long, game, like long plane ride. Must have cost a fortune. Yeah, no kidding. Back then. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they flew Pan Am. Sure they did. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going to go with... We're going to go with... Let's see. Okay, we're going to go with one more here. 1984, today, May 23rd, and when the Strikers, in a friendly... Uh, they lost 4-2, but they played in a friendly against Ajax. Hmm. Oh. 
Wow. Nice. wow. The, the actual IX from, from the Netherlands. Wow. Yeah. And they lost four too, but it was uh it was cool. They, they I think mm-hmm. they they hosted it here actually. They hosted the IX here in Minnesota. Jeez. Wow. Cool, cool. I've actually since then I've actually been to the IX experience in Amsterdam. That was kind of nice. basically nice. a museum. Cool. All right. Yeah, so. I've flown through Amsterdam like five times, but never actually been to the city. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go. You're not missing out, Connor. I mean, there's a lot of weed, I'm sure. Dave can tell you. A lot of weed and a lot of prostitutes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's about it. About it. Yeah. yeah. Some um, canals and stuff. Some canals. Yeah. Some canals. All right. Well, thanks, Connor, for that history. Uh, guys, before we get out of here, just one short story to talk about. It's not even funny. It's the end of an era, guys. Uh, Cruz removed the last functioning payphone in New York City. No kidding. Oh, so, uh, they held a ceremony Monday for the removal of the last public payphone stall in New York City. The payphone was removed with a crane from a sidewalk on 7th Avenue and 50th in Midtown Manhattan, just south of Times Square, marking what officials called the end of the payphone era. Officials said it was the last public payphone in the city, but there are still privately owned payphones and four permanent full-length Superman phone booths. So there are still phone oh, booths in New York yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, City so began removing payphones in 2015 as they became obsolete and replacing them with public Wi-Fi hotspots. They moved thousands of payphones. In 2014, guys, there were more than 6,000 active public payphones on city sidewalks. They were originally slated to be removed by 2020, but the process took longer than expected. COVID, I'm sure, been of that. Uh, they provided free access to 911 and 311 city services. Uh, but, yep. Yeah, now there are thousands of wireless kiosks run by Link NFC, NYC across five boroughs with 5G and everything. So, yeah, guys, it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's not something I, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But it, oh. when, as soon as you brought that up, as far as New York City, I, I wonder when um, London will do the same. Because if you know what I'm talking about, you know, obviously, yeah. does the iconic, you know, red boost yeah. and yeah. whether... I mean, I don't know if they'll ever remove all of them. I mean, I don't it's so iconic, no. even if they don't have a working phone in them. But mm-hmm. well, I wonder, like, I now wonder how that guy from Get Smart is going to get down to his base uh, yeah. without a phone booth to bring him down. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, how is? I mean, there's only four Superman phones in all NYC. I mean, how is Clark Kent going to figure out how to be Superman? Yeah. In, in those booths, you know. It's crazy, guys. I mean, think about it as, as well, Connor, you're a little bit younger than we are. So I, I do recall back in the day, there were phone booths, not just, but not phone booths, but pay phones everywhere. I mean, oh, yeah. they were like, everywhere. You go to the grocery oh, store, yeah. and if you're, yeah. if you're out and about, I mean, we're yeah. of being of a certain age, Tony and David, you know, we're, we went through the transition of, you know, yeah. not having not having a cell phone and then yeah. having a cell phone. We went through that tradition in yeah. transition, I should say, in you know, basically what our mm-hmm. early, early, early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so. Yeah. I remember the days of in our teenage years when they had one eight hundred collect. It, and what you do is you'd call and you instead of say and have them instead of saying collect call or whatever, you'd say, This is Tony, I'll be home at 730. Bye. Yep. And then yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's, but it, it, it's, that being said, we went through that transition, and it's still—I mean, you pointed out a specific memory time, but it's still—you think about life before cell phones, and it's hard mm-hmm. to think about because it's like, oh. what? 
it's so ingrained but it's crazy yeah, I, I still wonder i mean we'll see this when we go to the airport next month but uh, are there still a bunch of pay phones in in the in the airport Yes, I, I believe there are. No, there? no, 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 no. Are you no. sure, Dave? Not, there not most. Not most airports. A I little bank. There's a bank not, somewhere. There's got to be. No, I mean there might be in some airports, but definitely not most airports. Mm. No, you won't find that. Oh. Bank of airport. I no. mean, God, I remember those days. You, you'll find them in certain airports, I'm sure, but oh, not yeah. not most. Mm. Mm. Honestly, I you, you know what you, you. Although to be fair, you'll still see. I think you'll still see like courtesy phones that would like. You pick them up. It calls a specific hotel. Oh, yeah. You know, you want to call a specific cab or hotel. You might see something like that, but not a traditional payphone. I I can't even think of the last time I've seen a payphone. No, I don't. Um, Yeah, I don't either. Not an operable one. Yeah, that's for sure. You see that digital I know that I think about it. A hotel that I stayed at um, in Georgia on the way back to Wisconsin for Christmas, mm-hmm. I almost feel, I mean, it, like this, this was a motel, like it was on the side of the road and you drove up. Sure. It was outside. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it had a pay phone out in the parking lot. Oh, actually. Yeah. I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but that's a, a good point about like hotels. It's, it's still almost every single hotel, at least that I stay in and I stay in a lot of them. Uh, you still see like the house. You still see. You still have a phone in your room. I mean, right. that's right. So that's yeah. got to change eventually. No, I, mean, I don't know who actually uses that to call. Wake up, wake, wake up call. Wake yeah, up call. true, true. Yeah, yeah, wake I, up call room service. Yeah, you should be able to have a higher tech service to do that because now you can walk into certain hotel rooms that'll have like an iPad for your window controls and your lighting controls, sure. and you know stuff right. like but that. But it costs that cost yeah, money. This touch yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Remember when I went to Vegas for the first time? There was a phone in my bathroom. I was like, "Holy shit! I can call somebody when I'm taking a dump. This is fantastic." <laughs> yeah. Just replace that with the TV, and I'll be fine. I always yeah, thought that was fantastic too, Tony. That's funny, but I don't think no. I've ever. Well, I, I I was gonna say I don't think I've ever made a call from the toilet, but uh... I did the first time I was in there. I did. <laughs> Maybe I have. You just did it for the hell of it, didn't you? I said I called my parents for the hell of it. I did. I seriously did. <laughs> Because, I mean, come on. I mean, I'd never been to Vegas before. It was like, Ooh, holy well, shit. Those, those long-distance charges must have been outrageous. No, I caught my parents were with us. They were in the same oh. hotel. Oh, <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. That was my first trip to Vegas. My parents took me and my brother to Vegas for the first time. My first time on a plane, actually. God, wow. I was like 20. I think I was 23. Wow. I freaked wow. out. I was freaked out that whole flight. I was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Uh, I, I remember this the way back our flight got delayed so i sat in the casino at the airport and spent like another 100 bucks in the casino at the airport because our flight was late seven hours so oh yikes yeah fun times anywho guys anything you want to talk about before we get out of here no i think we covered it all well well we didn't uh yeah we, we i think we covered everything uh, well, i mean yeah. one month until we head to miami because we have yeah. talked Tomorrow oh, I think shit, is, yeah. uh, is the day of the, the flight. That That's right. Take down there. That's correct. So. We'll be down there. Uh, we are uh, thinking about what breweries to hit up. I know uh, there was a, we didn't talk the, about it. There's a Twitter post today about the uh, best breweries. The Funky the Buddha. States. The Funky Buddha is number one, uh, Florida, which is, uh, which is on our list. I will uh, say I might uh, reach out to them 
uh, the next couple of days and see if they're cool with us going to their brewery for our podcast on Sunday. But uh, yeah. numerous options down there. So we got that going for us. Um, but we, I, guys, we're pretty much set. I mean, we got the got the flights. We got the hotel or not the hotel, the Airbnb. Airbnb yeah. We're going to get the tickets. Uh, we got us. And nothing else we can possibly do except for wait. Yeah, you know, you got, you got so Airbnb with the pool, and you got mm-hmm. Uber going around the city. That's right. So, and yeah. we will. And uh, I did want to mention, guys, more for you guys. I did get the, uh, the you guys said I got the new microphone, so we'll test it out. I didn't have a chance this weekend. We'll test it out, and hopefully it works. And then we can uh, get back to doing some uh, podcasts at breweries this summer because, frankly, there's a shit ton of breweries we need to get to. Yeah, there are. That would be Holy fantastic. Shit. And uh, we'll start off by just going to Omni again. No, we won't go to Omni again. I mean, we've been there enough times, but. It'd be cool to get back there, though. Yeah, it would be, cool, it'd be to cool to get back there. Exactly right. So, guys, uh, for myself, Tony, for Connor, Dave, and David, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go Loons. Go Loons.